guys very much. Uh, it's always fun to come here. It's even better on a day like today. So. <laughs> you know, I was in the gym this morning. We had this little workout group, but you can see all the Republicans are happy. The Dems aren't so happy, but for once we're happy we've been in a bad mood lately. We've got a little bill up on the floor today. It'll get up and out. Um, don't know, if you put policy, politics aside, and you just think about where uh, the ACA today, yesterday, with the pullout of health care of Iowa, 94 out of 99 counties will not have health care. Aetna pulling out of Virginia. 16 counties in Tennessee next year won't have health care. This false idea of we protect pre-existing conditions in our bill with the idea that they make that argument, there won't even be health care let known pre-existing condition the ACA continues. One third of our entire nation right now only has one option. You look at the expansion of Medicaid, I mean, in, in essence it did three things. It gave government greater control of what you could sell, it did the expansion of Medicaid, and it did the exchanges. Well, if the exchanges have collapsed, the expansion of Medicaid, if you take a 10-year window in the 10th year, it costs $1 trillion. Yesterday we voted on our omnibus bill. That's about a trillion dollars for everything that we fund government discretionary. So that take every dollar out there. It weeds out those that we really need it. And then um, the control itself. I think at the end of the day, we'll have to fight through this. We've got enough time, but good things happen after this as well. It sets us and poises us to be able to do tax reform. Puts us in a much stronger position to do that. Um, I don't look past knowing I got to get to reconciliation to be tax reform, so I got to get a budget done. A lot of people just go straight to tax reform, and then we'll be able to do infrastructure. If we get growth in this country, that's the only way we're going to solve some of our problems. Um, you got first. We went after regulatory. I hope you've all felt a little difference from the agencies across the country. Um, prior to this administration, only one Congressional Review Act has ever been signed into law. We've passed 15 in the House. We've signed 13. Uh, you might not like all of them, but I think it sets a different tone. Uh, so we go through that path, health care, tax reform, infrastructure. I think then you got the next year, you got growth coming out of it, you got a fundamental different place. Um, one other item I'll talk about, a lot of you won't focus on it, only maybe Ralph will focus on it. Um, Judy's in town uh, this week because they have First Lady's lunch, but. Uh, uh, Ivanka, Jared invited us over for a little barbecue the other night. And um, Jared is really focused on restructuring our um, government more for an efficiency technology basis. And if you watched, we created this little thing that Kendra and I called the Innovation Initiative. We passed 38 bills. Good to see you, Mark. And um, of those 38 bills, you know what the average vote was? 366. Nine of them became law. The very last bill that Barack Obama signed, the very first one that became law in this Congress, he signed 20 minutes before he left office. It was my bill, and he actually signed it in the Capitol after he came back from the White House. And all it was simply doing is it was bringing other people than ourselves looking at this technology, bringing those from the Silicon Valley and others, letting them come work for a year to look at the different <coughs> One place I was looking at yesterday, the fundamental office of the congressional office. A lot of you have worked in a congressional office. So a constituent calls you and they have a problem. 
what do you do? You send them a release of information. It's an emergency. Well, I got it in the mail today to you. Fill it out, put it back in the mail to me, then I can call the agency. In today's world, why wouldn't that be electronic? <coughs> we would never settle for what we're doing or the VA. The VA's, the VA's computer system was from coded in 1950. <laughs> so we're going to be gone this week and we're going to come back and we're going to um, run Will Hurd's bill. Will, Will Hurd's bill is uh, modernizing government. We spend $80 billion a year on technology. 80% of that goes to the legacy. These are programs that are long gone. Fortran, the things I learned in college. Nobody in your private sector would have settled for this. And the idea that we can start changing, make it more effective, more efficient, and more accountable, I think you'll see a transformation of what we so Let me stop. Um, any questions, comments, advice, wisdom? Um, I know what people say. Dems are thinking, oh, this is fantastic. It's going to be terrible for you at the polls. No, what would be terrible at the polls is to try to pass something, have a website that not work, and take away your health care. <laughs> trade agenda with Trump. I think a lot of people are nervous, the pull out of NAFTA, the South Korea. There's been a lot of tweets and things like that. I know people say, you know, don't don't worry about the tweets. Look at what he really does. Have you had conversations with them and as Brian and Brady, just to make sure that they're on the right page with you guys on the trade agenda? Yeah, you know, Trump didn't see trade exactly as I see trade. I mean, I see trade from a whole different perspective. Of course, I see it from the advantage that we get with trade, but also in the, in the world of um, wars that you have in the future. You build these relationships, you build the strength within the movement of China and others. That's why I think TPP is so so important, when I thought Colombia trade was so important than the others. And you look at all the advantages we've had from trade from perspective. I think Trump, and the uniqueness about Trump is, he's not so rock solid in a philosophical basis, he would never join the Freedom Conference, right? Um, and that's a positive. And um, he will listen to advice. When he said in the campaign, we're going to pull out a NAFTA, sat there and talked about it. And if you really looked at NAFTA, there are places that it needs to be modernized. Technology has, has changed, right? So we can modernize that together. But I think. When you watched him just recently say that it was not pulling out, that we couldn't have a negotiation, I think all sides will get to that point black in a stronger basis. I think he looks at, he doesn't like these great big trade bills, so it may have to be country to country and then add people on. But I think he'll evolve a little in this process. He, he's not going to be as strong of my view on trade. And he has a strong view. I mean, if you think about where he campaigned, you think about what he said, you also think about from a perspective of um, those people who voted for him, that there were some effects within trade that didn't go well. So how can you have um, fair trade is what he looks at. And so I think we can have those discussions. I think we can find that basis. And I think we can strengthen our country with other countries. And as he builds stronger relationships, watch what he has done, especially from resetting the stage. I think his 
national security team is the best national security team I've ever seen. He's got China moving that they never moved before to do something about North Korea. No one else has ever done that. He did that less than 100 days. That's not an act of Congress. That's his movement. Built a very good relationship with Japan, with South Korea. Um, you know, that's where we're looking at trade, too. We've got a, a trade agreement with South Korea, but let's look at when we go to TPP and others. I mean, I think he'll build a way to do it, especially based upon the relationships that he works with. And he finds those are our allies, and let's strengthen our allies at the same time we strengthen. Leader, leader, good morning and thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to listen to you. When I, I come from Wisconsin and I know that there are many, many people who voted for the president who probably, if they've ever voted before, it's been a long time. And two of the driving issues uh, with those people, two of the driving issues uh, include the law, and the idea of, of accessible, affordable health care. What, what is the appetite like in Congress to, to address those two issues? Both are very strong. And you know, what the Democrats did, I give them credit, they went out when we got the Omni, and they were very good at press, trying to claim they made victories. And remember, this is a bipartisan agreement. There's more more than a billion dollars for border security, the most ever funded in the last decade. Well, that's an agenda that the president rolled out, and that's an agenda that we worked on as well. Um, secondly, this whole notion of what Obama had put us in in the past administration that locked us into this sequester that said if you ever spent one dollar on the military, you had to do it domestically as well. It was dollar for dollar. We watched our military continue to collapse and not have the ability to carry out the mission people asked for when the world became more dangerous based upon the policies of the last administration. We watched a change in an administration today where um, Donald Trump has come in and shown strength, where America can lead. You've watched countries around the world celebrate his leadership. Yeah, there's some people have complained. North Korea, Iran, and Putin. Those are the people I want to complain about the of America. So we've just been able to fund the military, billions of more dollars, break from that false belief of what had to be in the past, um, fund part of the border security. We're coming back. Remember, this is all FY17. This is stuff that already should be done, but we were able to get some of that into there as we work forward on the new budget with a new administration. And I think it really shows the strength of where this president is. He's getting victory. He realizes you live in a, you, you live in a country that you don't get 100% of what you want, but you set a course, you grab and you continue forward. I mean, you know, Washington, D.C. is the nation's capital. It's not where George Washington was ever sworn in. He was sworn in in New York, he was sworn in in his second term in Philadelphia. This became the capital based upon an agreement by Hamilton for our banking system. There's going to be compromise. But this president has changed the course. And think about what you just had last eight years. To change the course this quickly, I give him a great deal amount of success. To be able to have this vote on the floor. I was just talking to our Vice President Mike Pence. And I was telling him, I've never seen a president and a vice president 
engage so much and make so many calls and so many meetings. I mean, yesterday I'm walking in the bike and the president's calling me and, he, and he's telling me the names that he thinks I'm best at getting. I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> he is engaged and, and he's talking about the policy. He's talking, he said, look, I just had Upton and Walden and Billy Long in here. And we're working this out, making sure that there's pre-existing conditions protected all the way through. I like this amendment. We're going to go through it. Now, you call so, so, so. I mean, this is a man that's engaged all the way through. Um, I don't think America has seen the real actions of Donald Trump yet. And the idea that we're going to grade him on 100 days, they haven't given him his full cabinet in that time. No other president had, had to wait that long. What he's been able to move through, and really the engagement of the first 100 days, I would look at from a foreign policy, That's because that's truly a president's realm that they could do without having to wait on Congress and the Senate. You look at the CRAs, no other had one. I mean, he has rechanged the course. I almost think some of my advice to him is he works so many hours and so fast, so you should celebrate some of the things you've done so the rest of the country sees them too. Because he just keeps going more and more because I got so much to do. So, no, we're on course. Yes? That was a great event in Houston, by the way. Yeah, I just wanted to, I don't have a question. I just wanted to thank you for coming to Houston last Friday night. We had the largest crowd in history at a Republican dinner, over a thousand people, and your speech got plaudits from everybody. Uh, the Harris County is the largest Republican county under Republican control in the country, and you really got people motivated. And I want to thank you for making that side trip. And uh, it was the biggest up. dinner ever, not because I was a speaker, because but we were honoring Bill Archer. <laughs> <laughs> what well, I really wanted to do was to ask if you'll be coming back next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you, um, I tell this little story, and a lot of you've been to my office. And I, I tell our members this too. In my office, I have different paintings, and this was the Lincoln Reagan dinner, so I, I'm based on my Lincoln Reagan stuff. But I always like to end with um, if you've been in the conference room, Ralph, a lot of you have. You know that painting, Washington Crossing the Delaware? So I, had, I asked Penley to paint that one for that room, and he came and measured it, painted it eight feet by 16 feet. And the reason that he did, um, and why that one I asked for, you all know Washington the rowboat. That's the action that took place Christmas 1776, right? So there's no camera. But the artist painted it, the original one, in about 1850, 1850, He was a German immigrant that lived in America for about 10 years. And he wasn't there. He didn't have a picture of it. So he had to paint it in what he envisioned it to be. So he put 13 people in a rowboat. Why would he put 13? 13 colonies, right? But you only see 12 faces. Washington is in a ceremonial uniform, standing up in a rowboat at night crossing the <laughs> I don't believe that took place. But when you look at Washington, you believe this man has never lost a battle, that you would follow him anywhere. Do you realize he had never won one at that moment? That was his first victory surprising the Hessians. But what people don't look at, who's in the boat? So next time you go in there, look at the second person of Brady he's Scottish. Look at the person across from him in the green jacket who's rowing as well. He's African-American. Come down the boat a little further, look in the red jacket, it's a woman, and look at the very back is a Native American. Now, I don't know if they're all in the boat, but to this immigrant who lived in America for 10 years, 
believed they would be in the boat. Now, the point I tried to make to Houston, I hope our party believes that's what our party would look like as well. The second to last person has a hand across his face. He's a farmer. And that's the hand of the 13th person you don't see in the picture. What the artist was depicting, here we are, a young nation, having never won before, risking everything on what people would claim our holiest of nights for the idea of freedom and liberty. Here's a hand. Would you get it and join us? And I put it in the conference room because it's this, to me it means the same thing today as it did then. Our battles may be different, but don't expect a few members of Congress are going to solve all this. We're all in the boat together. I always emphasize to our members, notice they're all rowing in the same direction. We've <laughs> 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 been going in circles for a few minutes. <laughs> I think today we've got the boat in the right direction. So join with us. The challenges are big, and we may have not achieved something yet, but we can achieve it. That's the greatness of this country. Mark, 